What does the future hold? Examining biblical doctrines, history, and current events. It's Prophecy Time. Author and Pastor Alan Davis will help you have a better understanding of biblical prophecy. Using the whole counsel of the Word of God, Pastor Davis unapologetically promotes and defends the literal, personal return of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now with today's Prophecy Time message, here's Alan Davis. Yes! My name is Alan Davis, and I'm thrilled to death that you are with us today. I am a minister and preacher of the simple gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As this great God and Savior is seeking after individuals to be saved. As Jesus said himself in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Have your eyes been blinded up to this point by the God of this world? Notice the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel is light to them who are in darkness. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And notice what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So here we see in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul teaching that unsaved individuals are the children of disobedience and the children of wrath. Before I got saved, I saw myself as a sinner. But did you know that the cross equals 
the love of God for sinners. As it speaks about in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure or perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth, he shows, he demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Have you been aware of the great love of the Savior for you? Reaching out to families throughout this area, it's Prophecy Time. Thank you for tuning in to It's Prophecy Time today. We are on Monday through Friday at 2.30 to 3. If you miss a program, we do have a podcast where you can get our messages anytime for your convenience. Go to Apple or Google Podcasts, then type in the search box, It's Prophecy Time. You are important to us. Don't miss a message. It's going to be a great year with It's Prophecy Time. If you are desirous of learning more about this ministry or Bible prophecy, just go to our website at itsprophecytime.org. That site again is www.itsprophecytime.org. Making a positive impact. It's Prophecy Time. If you're on the web sometime, just go to our church's website at www.bronxbbc.org. That site again is www.bronxbbc.org. Sharing the love of Christ. It's prophecy time. The It's Prophecy Time message today is entitled, The Seven Heads and Ten Horns. Introduction, part one. The government is important, as the prophet spoke about in Micah chapter 4, verse 8. The kingdom shall come to the daughter of Zion. And it says this in Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain or kingdom of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. 
But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. A similar passage is found in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted among the hills, lesser powers. And all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore or no more need for West Point's If an individual is going to be able to see the future more clearly, he's certainly going to have to understand Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 2, we have the image of Nebuchadnezzar's dream that the prophet Daniel interpreted. And we're going to be picking up here in verse 37. And he said this to the king, Thou, O king, art a King of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom and power and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. Notice this, verse 38 of Daniel chapter 2. The prophet speaking to the king, Thou art this head of gold, and after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom, the Roman Empire, shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, ten toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom, this second phase of the Roman Empire is spoken about here in Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 as the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with 
play. And in, notice this, Daniel 2, verse 44. And in the days of these kings, speaking about these ten toes as being kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. And moving on to Daniel chapter 7, the Bible, the word of the living God says this in verse 3, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. These four beasts are four kingdoms or kings. And we're going to skip down in Daniel chapter 7, starting with verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast, talking about the Roman Empire here, shall be the fourth kingdom, starting in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, going forward, this fourth kingdom is going to be upon the earth, which shall be diverse. It's different from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And notice this, Daniel 7, 24, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another. There's the Antichrist. Verse 8, verse 20, verse 24 talks about this other one or this another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse. He's different from the first and he shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time or three and a half times or three and a half years or 42 months or 1,260 days. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it into the end and the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Going on to Jeremiah chapter 51, the Bible makes this interesting statement about Babylon in verse 25. Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, saith the Lord. So here we see Babylon spoken about as a mountain which destroyest all the earth and I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks and will make thee a burnt mountain. So clearly here in Jeremiah chapter 51 verse 25 it speaks about Babylon being a mountain two times. Now, our main thrust today is the seven heads and ten horns, and 
We're going to be talking about three major passages that talk about this. One, Revelation 12, 3, at the expulsion of Satan out of heaven at the midpoint of the tribulation period that we've already covered. Revelation 13, 1, and Revelation chapter 17, verse 3. So let's go back and read what Revelation chapter 12, verse 3 says. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And if we skip down to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says this, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. So the devil is in the process of deceiving the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. These seven heads and ten horns are also spoken about in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And turning over to Revelation chapter 17, it says this in verse 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman, this is Babylon here, sit upon a scarlet-covered beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So we have seen so far the devil, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, having these seven heads and ten horns. We see also in Revelation 13 and 17 this beast also having the seven heads and ten horns. And we're going to skip down to verse 7 in Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to be picking up here in verse 7. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend. Out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, these crowns upon its heads. Five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space, a very short period of time. And the beast that was and is not even he is the eighth, and is of, he's part of these seven, and goeth into perdition. 
And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which it also speaks about in Daniel chapter 7, which have received no kingdom. Talking about these kingdoms here. They have received no kingdom as of yet in the days of John, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind. They're all 100% convinced that the beast and his nation should be their leader. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. And then we're going to skip down here to verse 16 in Revelation chapter 17, as it says this, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, they're going to be turning against her, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. So she's utterly burned with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree. So there's not one dissent among these ten. They're all in agreement, 100%, to give their kingdom unto the beast, till the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So today we've seen several passages talking about these seven heads and ten horns. And tomorrow we're going to be picking up here as it relates to the interpretation of these seven heads and ten horns. So here we see today that the beast ascends out of the bottomless pit or is very closely connected to the devil and the powers of darkness. But if God is moving upon your heart today and he's drawing you to himself, repent of your sin, change your mind, and pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ did die for me, was buried in the tomb, and rose again from the dead. I'm very sorry for my sin and receive you now as my personal Savior. Amen. Sharing the love of Christ. It's prophecy time. If you just prayed this prayer, we would like to rejoice with you and encourage you in your newfound faith with Jesus Christ. Please call 646-314-3625 so we can send you a booklet that will help you grow in the Lord. Keeping you close to Jesus all new year long. It's prophecy time. Thank you for tuning in today. Alan and I would like to send you a book entitled The Bible Promise Book, which has 1,000 Bible promises that will be an encouragement to you. Please go to our website, which is Bronx bbc.org and scroll down to PayPal. Don't forget to leave your address. You are special to us. Happy New Year from It's Prophecy Time.
A new year, a new beginning, a fresh start. Would you consider making this the year that you become a financial partner with us? If you already are, thank you so much for teaming up with It's Prophecy Time. Making a difference throughout this area. It's Prophecy Time. If you want to make a donation to this nonprofit organization, just go to our website at itsprophecytime.org. That website again is www.itsprophecytime.org. Thank you for listening to It's Prophecy Time with Pastor Alan Davis. Generous listeners like you make the airing of this program possible. Contributions are greatly appreciated. Write to It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Here's the address again. It's Prophecy Time, care of Bronx Building Baptist Church, P.O. Box 1370, Bronx, New York, 10475. Join us again for the next scheduled program of It's Prophecy Time.